All right, the off-season rolls on here for IndyCar. We're just past the Thanksgiving mark, so appreciate you joining us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, which means that we are halfway to the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. And this off-season, we're going to have a new version of the IndyCar show. We're going to call it Around the Shop. And we're going to introduce everybody, including myself, to a lot of mechanics and the men and women and the daily operations behind the scenes that make the NTT IndyCar Series such a great sport, makes these teams and drivers as prepared and as comfortable as possible when they arrive at the racetrack. So we're going to talk to spotters, mechanics, sponsorship side of things, you name it. We're going to educate you and myself because there's a lot of this that I don't know. So I'm ready to learn as well and, and, and getting to see some of the behind-the-scenes operations that, again, the average fan won't normally get to see. Um, but it's certainly a critical and important aspect of getting race cars on the track, uh, 17 races a year for the NTT IndyCar Series. So first up, we want to welcome in Kato Kosick. He is the rear-end mechanic on the number nine Scott Dixon Chip Ganassi Racing Honda. And Kato, it's a great off-season for you. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, just wanted to, first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. But also, you know, off-season like this, it seems so long for the fans. But I know you guys are in there doing things every day, getting ready for 2023. Uh, what's your daily look like right now during the off-season? Uh, the off season is kind of filled with a bunch of projects on things that you want to make better or things that you might see or learn throughout you know, the season that, um, that you can apply to what you're doing or what the team is doing. And we all just kind of work on tidying things up. Obviously, the maintenance of the cars is important, servicing things, refreshing things, your, your support equipment, the pit equipment, all those types of things, the, the trucks, the everything that kind of nobody really sees that is behind the scenes that makes the car be able to run the way it does on track. We kind of work on all that stuff in the off season and, you know, take the time to, to, like I said, make things that we think can be better and, and polish those things up. You're the rear end mechanic for the nine. What is it? Well, it's just, I don't even know. So you tell me what exactly that is uh, and what you're doing, not only at the shop, but then when you get to the racetrack uh, 17, 18 weeks out of the year. So basically a rear end mechanic takes care of everything from the fuel cell, which sits right behind the driver, uh, back. So you, you're basically maintaining the fuel cell, the motor, uh, the rear clip of the car, that, which includes a bell housing and gearbox. Most of the gearbox work is done through the gearbox department, which is a separate set of guys. They, uh, they crush that every week, week in, week out. And we kind of hang everything off that rear clip and, uh, spine the car together and basically maintenance everything in the rear of the car, make sure uh, everything's ready to go. And it's to the specifications that the engineers desire week to week for each event. You're listening to around the shop here, burnout sports. We're talking, um, Chip Ganassi racing with Kato Kosick. He is the right, he's a rear end mechanic on the nine team. Uh, you come to work every day, Chip Ganassi racing top of the line. You have one of, if not the best driver of all time, Scott Dixon still doing it. Um, is there a pressure that you feel every week? I know it's a team effort, you know, even though sometimes the driver gets all the, all the credit, uh, what's it like being on such a high level team week in and week out? I feel like there's definitely a little bit of added pressure being on Scott's car there. There's definitely an expectation when you have a, a guy like Scott that, uh, is able to do what he does for as long as he's done it. Um, but that's kind of the expectation for all the cars at, at Chip Ganassi. We all try to model, you know, having the best stuff we can 
putting the best product out there and having the best drivers that we can put in the seat. Um, Scott's definitely the lead of the drivers that, uh, that everybody kind of goes to. And I think that's just because of obviously his track record and his seniority. And he's definitely, uh, definitely the guy to, uh, to look to. I mean, he's done some pretty incredible things and at times there's lots of pressure, but, uh, at other times there's, there's not so much because I think that, uh, having a guy like Scott, you know, that he's always going to perform and, and take care of things. And, and nine chances out of 10, that's what he does. I mean, yeah, he's the guy's incredible uh, weekend and week out. How does how does somebody like yourself get into this? Uh, you're, you're from Arizona. You live here in Indianapolis now. You've been on a few different teams over your career. But but going back to where it all started for you at Chip Ganassi Racing in the early 2000s, uh, how did that come about? And did you were you a racing fan prior, or is this something that just came up and you you jumped on the opportunity? So uh, I've been around racing my whole life. My dad raced. Um, stock cars back in the back in the day on dirt tracks and um we grew up at the racetrack Uh, my mom says i was at the racetrack when i was two years old so obviously i don't remember something like that but i'll take Mm -hmm. a word for it (laughs) um and uh my family has always been around the racetrack um i had a cousin um that had moved out to indianapolis in the 90s and got involved in indy car racing or champ car racing at the time and basically through him he called me up one day said hey there's a opportunity out here to to get involved in racing and you know if you if you're into it or if you want to take a chance you know i i can i can put out the word and and get you out here and and possibly get you on one of these teams and see what happens at the time i was just basically uh racing on the weekends you know going to sprint car races working on guys sprint cars helping out where i could kind of a hobby racer per se as you will and i thought shoot you know i'm i'm 21 almost 22 years old at the time i can get paid to work on race cars like a job like you know so <laughs> yeah i hopped i hopped in my truck and i'd never seen the midwest and uh, drove across the country and here i am now in indianapolis uh 22 years later tell me what your first win was on a team and what's been your favorite win over over this time period uh first win would have been um, Homestead, mm-hmm. uh, Andy Carwin with uh, with Scott Dixon, um, definitely a you know a shining moment to be able to to be in pit lane or or be part of the team and and actually feel the the adrenaline and and the, the happiness and the excitement of of a win. Yeah. Um, the most important win that I've been a part of. I mean, gosh, I. It's it's hard to say. I mean, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to been with some really uh, really great drivers over the years. Um, uh, for me, probably the most important win would be uh, the first win that I had with Graham Rahal at Rahal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because it had just been so long since uh, getting to Victory Lane. Like I said, I worked for Chip Ganassi previously, and we definitely won a lot of races and it was really cool. And, but it was, it was kind of a, you know, an expected thing, a a culture that, you know, you expect to win and and definitely grateful to be a part of for sure. But then when you go to a team where you're not expected to win all the time and, you know, we were a single car team at the time. And like I said, it'd been a good while since I'd been to victory lane. And, you know, you start questioning, gosh, man, are we ever going to, 
win a race again? Are you ever going to get to feel that again? And being a competitive person, that was uh, something where you're like, man, I, re- I really want to get back there. And then when, when he kind of got that, that second win of his career, it kind of uh, broke out the team for him. Um, being a part of that was really cool. And it kind of was, uh, it was a big win. It was definitely a joyous uh, day and, and a big part of uh, hard work. You know what I mean? you feel like you put in hours and hours and hours of work and you wait for it to pay off? And for some people it pays off, you know, frequently. And, and for some people it seems like it never pays off, but they, everybody keeps grinding. But uh, for that to pay off, that was pretty cool getting that, that win. Is the is Texas come? Is it was it was it the Texas race? Uh yes, yeah, okay. Which was, I mean, yeah. you talk about intensity, right? You're you're in the pits, a hot night down in Texas, and it comes right down to the wire. Always, you know, you you'll you'll take a win any way you can get it, but when it comes down to that last turn, uh, also has to be a pretty incredible f- feeling, right? Actually, I think Texas uh, to be uh, now that I think about, it, I think Texas was uh, Graham's third win uh overall i think it was a second win that i was with him i think his second win is actually at fontana at okay. the end of the yep. season uh, fontana race uh was actually the last time we ran at fontana um i think that was his uh his uh second race win in indycar kind of a breakout win for us that was which, the, which was that, the, that was a, that was an incredible race too yes I mean, yeah that was so yeah, yeah so i was getting my years excited. that was the craziest one of the craziest, if not the craziest, IndyCar race, and obviously Briscoe flips, and you know, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, there's about three thousand fans in the stands to see it all. Um, but yeah, so so you've been a part of a few intense races that have came down to the wire, and in, in which you found yourself in victory lane afterwards. Oh man, for sure, for sure. I mean, we I've had a lot of them at Ganassi, you know, through 2006 and 2007, uh, where we had Weldon and Dixon, and you know, we finally got the the Honda Motors and you know, we, we were able to go compete with the Honda teams at the time. And it was, it was awesome. And we won a lot of races and I mean, he rolled off the truck every single week. Think, man, we're like, we're the favorite to win. You know, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, throughout, throughout the years, I've, I've definitely been with some drivers that, uh, you know, it, it was special to win with. It was special to win a race at Detroit with Justin Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at the time, you know, it was like, man, really cool. You know, you know, you can't predict the future or whatever, but now that I look back at it, it's like, man, you know, having him as a, uh, a driver and as a friend and, and knowing him and then getting to win the race with him, that was pretty dang cool as well. Around the shop, we're talking with Kato Kosick from Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, give me your favorite track on the schedule. Uh, you, you, everybody, I'm, I'm sure you've been to hundreds of racetracks in your life, but one on the IndyCar schedule right now that you always look forward to going to? Uh, I would say, I mean, obviously Indianapolis for the 500 is, uh, there's nothing like race day on the day of the race for the Indy 500. I mean, there's, there's nothing when you're out on the grid on, and there's all those people, there's nothing really that matches that at least, at least in my eyes. I think that's a a big reason why a lot of us continue to do this and, and have such a passion for it is to to get back to race day at the indianapolis 500 but just from a mechanic traveling standpoint i think that uh the street courses definitely are going to hold a higher uh excitement level than most of the races mostly because you generally are part of a big event it's you stay downtown there's there's lots of things outside of just the actual race to uh 
to to do and they they become entertaining there's usually you know you can go see live music or you can go grab good you know good food and and things like that so i'm definitely going to put like saint pete Mm -hmm. and um long beach um races like that high up on my list anyway as far as uh races you look forward to going to each year just because everything else other than the race too it makes it such a a fun event and fun weekend to be a part of are you a fan of doubleheaders not at all. <laughs> uh, I think it's a. I think it's a lot of extra work. Um, I, th- I think. Uh, I think. And that's good, if everything good, goes good, right. That's if. Yeah, that's if everything I, goes I, right. I think there's a good and bad to it. I mean, obviously, I think the fans probably like it. You know, they get more bang for their buck, maybe, and uh, whatnot. But I think a lot of people don't realize what goes into making these cars race ready and putting them on track. And like you said, I mean, you have a double header. And for some reason, we always do these double headers at uh, ovals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you have an incident during the first race, I mean, it really it really can hamper you and, and put you in a bad way for the second race. And with it being so hard to to earn points and where you start on the grid and things like that is so important. And and having your best stuff out on track at all times, it's 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 tough. But luckily, I work for a team where we pride ourselves on on having you know spare cars that are as good as our race cars and ready to go at all times. And, you know, I think we're more prepared for, for incident on a doubleheader weekend than, than most. But I think if you'd ask most mechanics, they would say, man, the doubleheaders are a bit scary to go to and, and really would just rather do without. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this. Um, it, it's probably a tough question, but I'm sure you've had some time to, to, to sit and think about it going back to six months, you know, the Indy 500 all month long, Scott Dixon's the favorite. The car looks uh, great. Teams firing all cylinders. Uh, that last pit stop. W- what? What is the? I mean, obviously, it's it's you bounce back and go to Detroit next week, but it's the Indy Five Hundred. Do days like that when you know you have <clears throat> one of the greatest drivers of all time and a very small, you know, one mile per hour mistake? Um, does that just motivate you to want to come back next year even stronger, even better to get a, another Indianapolis Five Hundred ring? Oh, for sure. I think that um, everybody on the team, I mean, we, we were very fortunate this past year. We we went to the track with five cars, and all five cars were super competitive. We had four in the quick six. And I think as a team, as a whole, we would have been disappointed to not come away with a victory by, by one of those cars. Mm-hmm. I think we were there. We were there for one reason. We had five bullets in the, uh, in the chamber ready to go and, you know, anything less than a, than a victory would have been kind of like a bust, you know, but um, definitely being on Scott's car and uh, you know, we've, we've had to pull the last couple of years and, and I feel like for sure we definitely had the car to beat. And I think this year we, we showed that we had the car to beat. Scott did a, a amazing job and all the guys did a great job uh, preparing the car and we had great pit stops and we kind of had everything going right until until it wasn't, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely motivating. Um, it's, it's, it sucks to talk about. We don't like to, to rehash it. I think yeah. if you ask the guy, if you ask the guys in the car, they're happy that the, the team was able to uh, get the victory for sure. That was a uh, goal number one for the team. But I think if you asked anybody on the nine car, they would say, yeah, they're disappointed that we felt like we uh, did everything right and, and still didn't come away with the victory, but you know, it, it takes a, a team effort and, you know, we all, have hiccups sometimes and and that's just part of it that's what that's what makes the 500 what it is and i think for sure it drives the 
the crew members, the the team, the engineers, the driver. It, it drives everybody even harder to come back the next year and, and, and say, you know what, we're going to get it this year, and, and this is what, you know what we all do this for. This is the question I'm going to start asking a lot of uh, a lot of people in the pits that I talk to. I'll ask you first and foremost. Uh, so if you if you need to take 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 a few few minutes or a couple seconds to think about it, go ahead. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen a fan do at a racetrack? What's the what? What's the craziest thing you've ever seen a fan do at a racetrack? Oh gosh. Um, huh. uh, well, I mean, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess for me, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like it anymore here recently, but. I know that uh, years ago, the carb day used to be pretty dang, um, pretty wild. Yeah. Like, you know, there was definitely uh, a lot of uh, a drinking and a lot of partying going on. And as the day went on and progressed and, you know, you got closer to the end of the day and the pit stop competition and the, you know, the concert and everything, you've seen a lot of things. I mean, we've, uh, we've been on pit lane before we had, women taking their clothes off and, and, and <laughs> jumping around with, with, with no tops on at, up against the fence at pit on pit lane. And you're like, what in the world is going on? I mean, I mean you're kind of like, really? <laughs> but uh, it, it gets pretty crazy. I mean, you definitely see some weird stuff. Um, you see fans that are, you know, they're dressed head to toe with their, their favorite driver deal. Kind of like you'd see like at a Colts football game or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you just see some, some, some pretty, crazy stuff when people get get to drinking and get desperate out there for uh for their picture to be on uh, tv or something like that yeah don't these people realize you're at work <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 a challenge when you got some stuff like that going on for sure but um you know hey um, we just uh focus on what we're doing and try to keep our head down and uh and, and take care of business <laughs> well you're the first to, to to hop on here on around the shop on burnout sports burnoutsports.com Cato, I thank you so much. Best of luck in 2023. I'll make sure uh, when we get down to St. Pete, I introduce myself. Enjoy the offseason. Um, it seems like it, it's it's a long offseason, but as you know, with testing and, and what you're doing in the shop, St. Pete will be here before we know it. So, hey, man, thanks so much for hopping on with us, and uh, we'll talk throughout the 2023 season. I appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, opportunity.